Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today's guest could best be described as nothing less than a hoot and a half. Many know him from his work as Green Mirror Entertainment, from his foxhole events, and just his overall joyful and loving personality. Later on, we'll get into some hot topics, including daddies, bears, foursomes, and sensuality in nature. Get ready for some more Leather Talk. This is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Gabriel Green. Gabriel, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Absolutely, and so thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Gabriel Green. I am Mr. LA Leatherbear 2014, which makes me a very old bear. But aside from that, I am also the one of the producers for uh, Green Mirror Entertainment, which is a entertainment company. We provide kink events and stuff like that throughout the leather community. Uh, that's with my title brother, Xavier. And I'm also the proud LA Leather Pride Chair this year for Los Angeles Leather Pride. So my gender is cis male. I am 43 years old, and I've been in the leather community approximately six years. That's awesome. And yeah, so how did it feel to like uh, be the producer and then have the whole thing just kind of pulled out from under your feet? Because oh, of this but it was heartbreaking. I was crushed. I was so crushed. Um, I was crushed for many reasons. The first reason is is because, well, first of all, I was very nervous. It was a big undertaking, and I've produced the Mr. L.A. Leather Bear contest for about a few years now. And I've also, like I said, produced like bar events and everything like that uh, throughout Los Angeles. So these are like pretty small scale and they're pretty manageable because it just takes, you know, one or two people. And just having a small team around me was, you know, really manageable. But then, you know, to take on this big undertaking and to have the honor of producing one of the most known leather contests, uh, not only in Los Angeles, but you know, around the country and around the world, it was like, wow, this is a big deal. And I'm so excited to be producing this. And, and I have such a great team around me. And we were in the final stages. We just had you know some minor details to take care of, but otherwise everything was ready to go. And then it was like, okay, COVID's hitting. We don't know what's going on, but it seems like all these other major events uh, like Coachella, Stagecoach, DragCon, AnyCon was just saying, you know what, we are, we're going to cancel. And then finally, Off Sunset um, had let us know that they were, you know, given what we knew at the time about COVID um, and what population was being affected, they were like, well, I think it's best that we you know, cancel this event, you know, for the sake of the people. And we had to come up with this. We came up with the same conclusion and, you know, it was the right thing to do. It was just hard uh, because again, we had just got everything together. And not only that, um, 
it was also for the contestants as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you're one of our contestants as Mr. Bullet, and it was just going to be this exciting event for you guys and to see you guys perform on stage in front of everyone supporting you. And, you know, this is the big deal, and this is what you guys have been leading up to and waiting for. And to have it just kind of taken away by this, you know, really crushed me. But at the end of the day, you know what? It's just, it's really about the safety of the people. It's really, and it really is about people first and, and taking care of the community. So while it was hard, you know, to have it postponed um, at the same time, it's just an event and we'll launch it when, when, when this all clears up. Yeah, I, I remember seeing you actually the, the night that you guys had a, a meeting at the mm -hmm. Bullet. Yes. And uh, like you did, like, <laughs> like, no offense, you did look pretty like stressed and like disappointed <laughs> about something. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know me well. You know me well. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No. Yeah. I was like, what is he? What is he so upset about? But then we found out like the next day, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that impromptu meeting was all about. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I couldn't because I it's like when I saw you, I'm like, I can't even say anything right now. It's just like I just, you know, and I don't want to, you know, be the bearer of news at this particular moment. But I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> Damn it. are you serious this is actually happening and it was one of those even one of those things where you know me as uh the chairperson for leather pride was like did we make the right decision you know you do have those second guessing second guesses of oh well did we do this to be canceled too soon no it, it was the right decision to, to to make and it was kind of inevitable and in some ways i mean how long are we into this quarantine and like two two and a half weeks or something like that right like right. i really feel like yeah we've lost some people and mm -hmm. um you know people are, are getting sick that we know and it's become closer to home but in many ways like like you said, the, the competition is a competition that can ha happen anytime, but the priority and the, the reality of it is, is like the leather community is about coming together. And this yeah. has really tested us as like a culture of like, are we like who we say we are? Are we really mm -hmm. there for each other? Are we really there to back each other up? And it's really proven, I think, uh, just the solidarity that we can come together as a community. I've met so many people in 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 a deep way that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to otherwise. Right, right, and I think that's the beauty of this community too. I think you know, um, and prior to this, I will say, you know, within our community, there's so many different groups of people and so many different expressions, which is also which is really wonderful. But then at the same time, I do think that um, we sometimes get caught up in very unimportant things sometimes mm -hmm. when you know members of the community don't agree with each other about whatever it is um it becomes this whole big deal of well because i disagree with you and you disagree with me you're instantly my enemy and you don't support me and not at all you know it's just like we can disagree and no we're not always going to get along but i think that's the way it is with any family and i think that you know you know you sometimes lose sight of we are all in this together as a community. And I think one thing that, you know, you know, facing something like a pandemic does, it does bring people together and really makes people focus on what's really important at the end of the day. We shouldn't lose sight of the beauty that a lot of other people are around the country don't get to have. I think LA 
is one of the biggest metropolitan areas in terms of the leather and kink community. Uh, and not only that, on a wider scale for the LGBT community as a whole, you know, and you do have those rural areas where people can't come together or feel safe to come together. But LA luckily has those spaces and we shouldn't forget that because we it's a luxury for us. And I right. think we sometimes forget that. And I think it's really awesome too, is like, uh, you know, we have like Faultline and, and Eagle LA and, mm -hmm. uh, and the Bullet and Precinct and all of these bars are still having events like virtually. And yes. even though like they're not, you know, necessarily making a ton of money or anything. Like, I think that goes to show like the, the bar owners in Los Angeles and the leather community, like they're concerned with the, with the preservation and the, and the moving forward of, of the leather culture as a whole. Right. And like not necessarily, you know, like, yeah, we're all, they're, they're not making money right now, but like where, what we're doing right now, like where does our priority fall? And it's about coming together. Yes. You know, some people you know, have no problem just you know, being alone. I'm one of those people who I don't necessarily, like, I'm a social creature, but at the same time, I can also just be by myself and in my own space. And I have no problem with that. And give me a video game or a good movie. I'm good. You know, I can stay at home. <laughs> but at the same time, there's the other side of me that is very social and loves being around people. And I'm very tactile and I love touch and being able to be affectionate and hold on to a person, you know, whether that's a friend or friends with benefits or <laughs> whatever have you. You know, you being able to, you know, be physical with another human being. And that's been taken away. Now, do you and have a partner at home? I do not know. I'm currently okay. single. Um, I do miss being in a relationship. I had a relationship of three years prior uh, to all of this. And that was about three years ago. But it is one of the things where I'm like, damn, this would be wonderful at this time to have a boyfriend or, you know, someone, you know, at least yeah. at home where I could just... Have fun with, what are we doing? I don't know. You want to have sex? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel, I'm very grateful to have my fiance who's here at home with me because we live yeah. together. And like, it was so funny because like the other day I was, I just like took off all my clothes and I was like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we're going to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening right now, babe. It's, it's happening, happening right, now. right now. Yeah. No, it's so funny because like, uh, I've I've like personally got gotten off of Grinder for a while because it's just like a tease. But there was one guy that uh, like I I uh, top fisted uh, yes. a while ago. Actually, it was the the last night of the bars being open. Like left the bullet and then went to go fist. <laughs> and he messages me, and uh, he'll remain nameless. But uh, I hope he's listening because I just think this is so great. <laughs> I, I love I love. If you're listening right now, I love you. It's, I, I just love, uh, there was like a message, that, like there was a paragraph log that came through and he's like, what if like I go soak myself in chlorine and then like put on a mask and then you can come into the backyard and I'll have some gloves. And like, he's going through all these hoops and red tape to help me feel comfortable because he really wanted me to come over right. <laughs> and, and hook up. And I was just like, I love all of the thought that you put into this, but no, like I can't leave the house. Like, oh, the Temptation Island is real. Like I've talked to a couple of buddies where we're like, oh, I'd love to do this right now with you and da, 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 da. And yeah, I've been cooped up the whole time. Have you? Yes. Why? Well, maybe we should come over. I don't know. I really want to, but hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a principal thing at this point. Like yes. I know, yes. I know my friend doesn't have anything. Like he's been in quarantine for two weeks and like there's no symptoms and he's healthy and everything, but it's just right. like the principle of it, the practice of it, of like, you know, just 
taking care. And as like title holders too, I think it's more important. Well, not more important, but it's ever more important, you know, for, for people that like are representing the leather community to like, mm-hmm. to do as, what, how do you say that? Like walk the talk or talk, you know, walk the talk and talk the walk. Yeah, like, yes. If we're telling people to stay inside and stay safe, on social media as, as title holders representing the LA leather community, then we should be practicing that ourselves. Absolutely. No. And that's one thing, you know, um, that I stressed to you guys at the, uh, the boot camp you guys had, which was, you know, on one hand, yes, this is like in this whole title holder system, which I think is wonderful and it's a lot of fun. And it does kind of give you guys that bit of fame for a year and it's wonderful and you're worshiped and adored and it's great. And then we lead all that up to the contest and like, who's going to become Mr. LA Leather and all of that. And then after that, you know, you have the rest of your year to complete. And some people unfortunately kind of get lost in that where they're just like, well, I don't know. What do I do? What's, what's my, you know, what's my purpose in life after the contest? And being a title holder is so much more than that. Um, it's an opportunity to be a voice for your community and the bar or organization you're representing. And not only that, you know, and especially given what's happening now, I mean, you, and you don't have to, but at the same time, it is wonderful that I do see you guys still representing and still really being beacons of light to those in the community who are just like, you know, I just need, you know, someone to look up to or, you know, some inspiration and to get through this time. And when you do, like you said, you know, uh, talk the talk and walk the walk, you know, we all definitely want to socialize and we want to get back to normal, but this is what we have to do as a community in order to survive, in order to be ready when all of this is over and be able to celebrate together. So we don't have any lives lost. You, you have that opportunity to be a true representative and to just inspire people to be like, you know what, this is going to be okay. And we are going to get through this. So, and as difficult as it is, we're just like, Ooh, I just feel a lot of peace right now. Just a little tiny sliver. Make no mistake. As seriously as we're all taking this, yes. like the day this is all over and said and done, we're going to have a huge orgy. <laughs> oh God. Yes. That is, that is, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to just massive wall to wall sex. Like, ah, you can be the producer. Body. You can produce yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's going to be wonderful when we are truly able to celebrate out of all this, because we can look back and say, you know what? We all went through it together and we survived it and overcame it. And I think that's the beauty of our community in general, as far as leather. I mean, we are people who, you know, I would say have not only struggled to just be who we are as LGBTQ+, but then on top of that, when you then say, oh, I also have a particular kink or I want to celebrate this side and I'm going to be open and vocal about it, we have overcome quite a lot just to be who we are. So we're innately survivors, you know, and this is just an added layer of that survival. And it is a test, not only a test, but then a testament to us being able to, able to overcome anything. And I think that's what we represent as leather folk too. It's like, despite it all, we can stand strong and say, bitch, I'm here. I am yeah. here to represent and I'm here to be myself and show you how to be yourself if I'm able to do that. So, Yeah. And historically, like, like you said, like we're a, we're a community that has faced challenges for a long time. Like, and this is not to compare it to, you know, compare COVID-19 to any other disease or anything like that. But like, 
you know, we had a generation that battled HIV. Like that yes. was a, another battle that, and this is just one other battle and then we are going to get through it. Absolutely. And, and to even think about those people who had to overcome the HIV AIDS crisis at that time where you didn't know, oh my gosh, where is this coming from? How did this happen? You know, is it airborne? Is it this? And you're all these questions that you don't know. And then you have friends and family like dying right and left. And you're yeah. just like, my world is shattered. You know, how am I going to overcome this? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we were, were talking about the the whole generations facing crisis. I was telling uh, my partner the other day, because we were watching a, a movie where, you know, there was like uh, gay men in the 70s. And, and I was kind of reminiscing about uh, like, there's YouTube videos of Bette Midler on yes. online singing at the Continental Baths. And like every time I watch that, I almost want to cry. I feel like I was there. And I know I wasn't, but I maybe in a past life I was. I have like nostalgia for these moments in history that I was never physically there for, but I just feel like a part of it somehow. Right. And I don't know, some somehow just facing a struggle together for good or for worse is I think giving this generation sort of just a taste of, of what past generations have gone through. How, right. how long have you been in, you said, how many years were you in, have you been in the leather community? I've been in the leather community a total of six years. And that uh, was a result of me competing and actually winning the Mr. Los Angeles Leather Bear title back in 2014. Okay. So tell us the story because uh, oh, yes. I mean, ahead. so you, did you not get into leather until you were like, I'm going to compete or like, how did that work? Basically, yeah. Okay, so okay, I, I'll, I'll tell you my journey. So um, let me see, where do I begin? I, and I'll, I'll try to be as concise as possible. I'm sorry. But anyway, so um, I ended up in LA um, back in 2000 and 2001, I would say. And I started working with the Gay and Lesbian Center um, or the L LA LGBT Center, as it's now known. And um, I worked at this place called the Jeff Griffith Youth Center. Now, the Jeff Griffith Youth Center was a drop-in center for homeless youth. What they could do is they could, like, get off the street for a little while, grab a quick meal, kind of hang out and socialize, and at 5 o'clock, they would have to go back on the street. The other component to that was if they wanted to, you know, get resources for housing or try to get into transitional housing, they, they had the opportunity to do that from, like, age 15 to 24, which was great. I absolutely loved it. And I'll tell you how I got into that a bit later. But um, the that was the thing that got me out here. And then it's, it's like, for me, it was like this whole freedom of, wow, I'm in LA. And then I discover West Hollywood. And I'm like, wow, you know, hey, there's this great place. It's like the gay Mecca. I finally arrived. It's yeah. like, you know, I can hold hands with my partner when I get one and all these gay people and it's great. And it is, and it has its place, but I also kind of felt a little out of place at times because I just kind of felt like um, there was a certain air and certain attitude that kind of came with, you know, the people I encountered in West Hollywood, which was kind of bitchy and kind of surface and kind of just this level of I'm better than, which I just didn't understand. I'm like, you know, hey, this is like, you know, if I walk down the street and say hi, you know, and you don't by any means have to be interested in me, but you don't have to be like, you know, kind of, you know, and that that kind yeah. of attitude. I'm like, I'm like, really though? Okay. And I remember my first taste of the leather bar, and my West Hollywood friends did not want to go because they're like, oh, it's leather. Now we're not into that. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, it's so dirty, it's grimy, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and I remember my first, you know, just my first experience in, uh, there by myself. 
was, I think it was like underwear night or something. And I remember I turned the corner, I went to the bathroom and I saw these two older bears, you know, one's on his knees giving a blowjob to the other bear. I'm like, oh, this is kind of hot to watch. And then it's just like, uh, because it was underwear night, one guy was grabbing his partner by the balls and leading him through the bar, like, you know, like a leash. Okay. And I'm like, what? What is happening? And that guy who was being grabbed was just totally just the happiest camper ever, enjoying every minute, you know, and it was just really cool and it made me want to go back. But um, it wasn't until 2014 um, when my friend uh, Matthew Mullins, who's my title brother, and he's Mr. Bullet Leather 2014, um, he was um, competing for Mr. Regiment at the time and he said, hey, um, you know, I'm competing in this leather competition and I'm like, oh, I've, you know, I've kind of seen some footage about this in a documentary. I'm, I'm interested. I want to go. So, um, I went to support him and then I remember it was, uh, I met Esteban Bartolo for the first time and he was really friendly, really nice. And I love the competition was wonderful. Uh, and the next day at the victory party, he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, so you know, so and so and so and so and I are talking. You sound just you, like it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do voices. It's just what I do. I can't help myself. Anyway, so he goes, "Hey, so so uh, so and so and I were talking, and uh, we think you should try out for Mr. Ellie Leatherbear." And I laughed at him, and I'm like, "You know what? I don't know if I'm really your guy. I just came to support my friend, and you know, this is sounds great, but I know oh, this much about leather and this much about bear. Picture tiny fingers, and I'm just like." <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe I'm not your person. And then he goes, oh, okay, well, you know, just think about it. And I went home that night and I really took the time to be like, you know, this could be really fun and interesting. And what made me come to the realization of me doing it was I had just uh, broken up with my ex at the time of six years. Wonderful man, but we just kind of came to the conclusion it was done. And then um, prior to that, I had a kidney transplant. And that was a massive deal because for six years, I was on dialysis. And it was one of the toughest moments of my life, you know, having to be uh, hooked up to a machine for like 11 hours a day at home, doing it by myself. And, you know, of course, there were complications with that. And it was just kind of like, you know, I have gone through quite a bit, you know, and, and then it's just like when I got the call to get the kidney, it was just this miraculous life change of finally, I'm back to normal. I can do normal things. I can, you know, be active again and not worry about being hooked to machines. So it was like, you know what? This is a whole new chapter of my life. This is something completely out of my scope. Let's just try this and see what happens. Let's just do it. So I told Esteban, I said, you know what? I'm going to actually do it. And he got me hooked up with who uh, the guys who eventually became my title dads. Carl Dove and Aaron Smith. And so they helped me out. And then, yeah, so it's like I competed in the competition. And honestly, I really did not expect to win. I was like, um, okay, uh, well, this will be fun. And, you know, if I win, great. If I don't, I had a great experience. But then as it started getting closer, you know, like, I kind of want to win. I don't. I mean, if I don't win, it's cool. But I kind of want to win. And I expected my competitor, who was more bearish and had more experience in the leather community than I did to actually win. But then, you know, it came down to the final two. And they're like, Gabriel Green, Mr. LA Leather Bear 2014. And I'm like, oh, shit, I won. And then I'm like, wait, I won. What does that mean? What does winning mean? What is And this is all going through my head as the pictures are being taken. <laughs> I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? I'm not sure. But I will tell you, honest to God, Brandon, it was it was one of the best experiences. 
one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. And from that point, it's just like, you know, I got to know all the people who became my title brothers and we became really close. And then the Mr. Elliot Leather competition was this big, huge thing. And it was just like this massive scale. And we were all nervous and just like, holy shit, what's going on? And then it's just like when we did the competition, uh, my title brother, Eric Paul Loya, uh, Mr. Uh, Eagle, Mr. LA, 2014, uh, he won. And I was so excited for him. And we both, we had talked about it before because we were like, oh, well, if you win, I'll be excited for you. If you win, I'll be excited for you. And and I got first runner up. Again, did not expect even that, you know, given my experience in the Levy community. Um, but that whole thing uh, has led to just a whole world of amazingness and happiness. And people like you and the other um, other contestants that I've gotten to know. And it's really been this wonderful familial experience. And then, and that was the other thing too, where I didn't expect to gain a whole family out of this. I thought, you know, I'll make some friends and that's cool. But what surprised me and, and circling back around to my experience, you know, coming from the West Hollywood scene is that when the people who I, you know, who were congratulating me and, you know, when I first won my title and even after that, we're just like, hey, welcome to the community. You're so amazing. You're so cool. And da, 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 da. and they were like, we love you. And I'm like, really? Like, are you guys for real? Like, you guys are this welcoming? Right away. I didn't believe it at first because it was like, you know, no one can be this, you know. No, you, it's, a polar, know it's a polar opposite uh, of yes. West Hollywood. And not to say that West Hollywood can't be fun, but I, that's what I thought too. When I walked into um, the Eagle uh, and the Bullet and these places for the first time, I was like, this is how gay culture like should be all the yes. time. Like yes. everyone's yes. just real. And like uh, one guy, you know, like you said, a guy's getting like, ta- you know, leashed around by his dick through his underwear <laughs> and he's totally happy. And like, like, let's be real. Like, you know, if you, if you're gay out there and you're telling me that like, that's not a sexy thing for you to do. I mean, okay, maybe it's not your thing, but like, come on. Like the, the, the freedom in that is just like, you can't experience that everywhere. Exactly. And that's the wonderful thing that an amazing thing about the, the leather community is this community and this space of leather and kink allows you to explore these elements that you know, if you want to try something, if you want to really express yourself in a sexual way, it's okay to do that. And, you know, coming from the, you know, not only the West Hollywood scene, but of course, this is like, we're trained, I, I think all of us are trained, like sex is a very private thing. It's behind closed doors. You don't express yourself in a sexual manner in mm-hmm. public. You know, that's frowned upon. Whereas in other communities, it's like, no, we encourage that. Express yourself sexually. You know, there's nothing wrong with you or what your kink is. Express it fully, express it happily, express it with wild abandon, just be you. However you define yourself, that's what's important. And I think the other thing is, I really feel like the best things happen when you say why not. When you decide to take a chance and whatever chance you're taking is not going to be harmful to you. It's just kind of like, this is a new experience that I'm going to try. Let's see what happens. And you allow yourself to do that. A whole world of opportunity and love and amazingness can really happen. Yeah, and that that's how any any discovery happens is like let's just try it. Let's just go mm-hmm. for it. And you begin to discover yourself in in ways that you never thought you could. Yes, absolutely. And you become even more confident in who you are, you know, cuz I feel like, you know, part of me I I guess, you know, and it, 
I still felt prudish in some way, you know, it was just kind of like, especially when you do enter a highly sexually charged environment and you're not used to it, you're like, whoa, sensory overload. But then it's just like you kind of dip your toe in a little bit and you you try to get flogged, you try to, I don't know, even um, have your ass eaten, you know, at the bar. You know? <laughs> it sucks so much dick at the bar, you know, whatever. And it's just like you just really allow yourself to enjoy what's happening around you and don't and you know it's just like you don't have to dive into every little thing i think it's important yeah. that you know you go at your you go at your pace and no one should ever make you feel or force you to go well you have to do this because we're doing it or you're not real leather if you don't do x y and z no you are going at your pace at your time and whatever you feel you feel comfortable doing with whoever you feel like doing it with that's up to you and at your pace this is your journey, no one else's. You decide to experience at what time you decide to experience it is really up to you. And that's what makes the journey enjoyable. So what are some things that you've discovered about yourself, whether that be sexually or emotionally, uh, just being in the community for this long? Um, a few things. I think one of the things that um, I truly have discovered is, for example, especially with body type. Now for myself, you know, again, coming from West Hollywood, it was about the image of the perfect body and the perfect shape and the perfect this. You know, I don't have that, you know, A, because I like to eat, number one. Number two, you know, especially with the surgery and all the stuff for the kidney stuff, I have a lot of scars. So that kind of made me a little self-conscious. And then, you know, coming into the leather scene and becoming Mr. L.A. Leather Bear, yeah, one of the reasons I chose Mr. L.A. Leather Bear to run for was because I did like what it stood for, which is body positivity. It stood for be sexy in your skin, whatever your shape is, this is like, you represent that. And it really amazed me how many people, like, they would come up to me and like, touch my stomach. and like, oh my God, Gabe, you're so sexy. I love it. And I'm like, again, it was like, really though? Yeah, really? people, you're, people are into are it. <laughs> and, and it surprised me of how many people were into it. And oh my God, I mean, I've gotten a lot of sex because of this tummy. So I, I'm not complaining. I, I'm a happy camper because of that. Um, it also made me realize that I feel even more confident in being in a daddy role, which I never, when I first entered the leather community, I, well, even before that, I always felt like, um, and I would always typically date, you know, someone who was older than me, A, because I all would, I would like the look and older guys would often be the ones that would be attracted to me. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to go in that direction because that's what, that's who finds me attractive. And um, as I've gotten older, it's like things have changed where the younger guys who, when I was, when I was their age, they would never really approach me. And now it's just like guys in their twenties and thirties are hitting me up and I'm like, when did this happen? And the, the really amazing thing is like when they do call me, you know, daddy or, um, it's, it's kind of odd to me because I do still feel, me personally, I still feel boyish in a lot of ways. And I do like, trust me, I like my daddies. And so I love older guys and I find comfort in that. But at the same time, now that I'm getting older, the transition of, you know, these younger guys who want me to dom them and want me to, you know, be their kind of daddy figure um, is really cool. And I used to think that, oh, well, you probably need some training first, you know, in my mind to become a dad or a sir or whatever. And so I, I realized that that's not so much necessarily true. It's about the energy that you're giving. And when someone trusts you enough 
to allow themselves to be submissive to you and and let them you know do impact play on your puppy play or be rough with them and you know it's really this kind of amazing feeling of you know it's an honor actually um when someone gives themselves over to you i just i, th I think that's wonderful that people you know really do trust me with who they are and i love doing that and i love you know being that nurturing person and it's made me i don't know um i guess it's kind of just build up my confidence more in my ability to you know be a, like a dad figure to those who need it and stuff so yeah and 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 you, you made a good point there that uh you know you may not have necessarily seen yourself as first as a daddy but you know it, it's it's an energy thing it's it's a role it's really mm -hmm. a role and like you don't have to be a certain age to be called i i kind of laughed when you know i had a guy that was like older than me call me daddy and i'm like i'm not your daddy i'm like 10 years younger than you then you realize right. like it's yeah. a role and you know when he's like on his knees and he's like spank me daddy i'm like at first i was like okay and then i did and then we got into it and i was like okay i'm just gonna own this role right now <laughs> like right right no no sorry. yeah <laughs> and you just get deeper into it and then you realize like i i mean i consider myself a switch i don't know if that's ever going to change but like like just to indulge in the moment that you're in, you know, like don't try to tell yourself who you are, who you're not until you discover it and you can't discover it unless you go for it. Yes. And that's, that's the other thing I've realized is just being able to have that person who plays, who, when you're playing together and you're allowing each other to explore those sides of yourself that you want. Like I do have one buddy in particular who he's exploring his puppy side. Um, and it's been really amazing because we were just trying to find out what dynamic that works best for us. And at first I would like say, oh, hey, son. And he'd be like, oh, I don't really like that. And then we tried boy. And then finally it was like, oh, well, how about puppy? He goes, I like puppy. And so that got us involved in this puppy sir dynamic. And that's been really interesting to explore. Um, and that's been a lot of fun um, because it's like, he has a safe space to explore this side of himself. Wait, so is he like consider himself a puppy before you guys met or you kind of brought it out in him because of that like situation? I kind of feel like I brought it out in him because of that situation. I think he may have thought about it a little bit, but in our exploration, he's finding that that really fits him and that fits his role in terms of satisfying the sub side of himself. Um, so that's been really nice to discover something new with someone and everything and explore that dynamic and we're exploring something new together. Um, and the other guy that I'm seeing is, he's uh, 30, like 34, uh, really young, very boyish. He likes to call me daddy, which is, you know, tickles me a lot because as I've mentioned before, I felt kind of boyish in my way. And so for someone to call me daddy, you know, is kind of funny to me, but I really get into that role with him and when we have fun, he's like, oh, daddy, yeah, this is really great. And I'm like, thank you, son, and <laughs> all this stuff. So it'll, it, I, I've really learned to explore um, the dominant side of myself and really enjoy that aspect of myself without having had like formal training in terms of what it means to be a sir or what it means to be a daddy. And it is really about the energy that you know we're sharing with each other. Yeah, so you said you like consider yourself more of a well, I, I mean, at least in the past, you said you've considered yourself more of like the boy instead of the daddy. 
Correct, because I've always felt um, like I'm always in a position of learning. I've, I, I want mm -hmm. to gain more knowledge, and I would always feel like uh, since the guys that I normally would date would be older, like 10 years plus, that they're in the teacher role. So in that circumstance, were you still the like the dominant in the sexual situations, even though you were a boy, or were you the submissive? Actually, I was pretty much the dominant one in the relationship when it uh, came to the sexual aspect. But I do think in terms of uh, guidance, I would sometimes feel like that they would kind of be the more dominant position. Like I would kind of like really heed their advice or, you know, take in what they were telling me um, because I figured they have life, more life experience than I do. And so um, they have a lot more to teach me. And I wanted, really wanted to absorb that as I go through my journey of life. Mm -hmm. So uh, you 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 mentioned the the daddy son thing. I love the daddy son role play, by the way. But uh, what is like okay? Who is your like ideal partner in a relationship then? Ooh, that's a very good question, and and it's one that um, you know, given my experiences with previous partners, I would have to say, and, and this is going to sound totally egotistical, but I don't care. You know, we're being honest here. You know. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's just like I do. I have like I want a partner that makes me think, that makes me laugh. Um, I want a partner who essentially worships me. And for me, worship basically means that someone is truly devoted to me, and they're all about my well-being and my person and taking care of me. And in the same way that I'm into taking care of them and worshiping them in that respect. And I think devotion and loyalty are very sexy traits, honestly, um, because you know that that person's not going to go anywhere. And though we may both find other people attractive, um, and let's say we you know, get to a point that we are ready to play with others or whatever, or maybe even play separately with other people, it's just wonderful knowing that that person, no matter what, isn't going anywhere and is with you for the long haul. And that's what I find attractive. And that's what I mean by worship. Awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, I think one of the misconceptions that people have about like open relationships, especially is that there is no loyalty there. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, like, uh, me, myself, like being in an open relationship there in my mind, like, I feel like there's almost even more loyalty because you have to trust that person even more that they're not going to go and like run out on you to like right. go be with somebody else. And that's a whole other um half-hour discussion, but just my oh, two cents absolutely. on that. <laughs> no, absolutely, and that I think is the fear, and I do think that me as a person, I tend to have like a jealous and possessive streak. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but I think with jealousy, it's just more of the fear that what I love is going to go away from me. I'm going to lose something, you know, because I've experienced a lot of loss in my life personally, and so it's just, you know, to have something I love be taken from me, you know, by someone else or just by circumstances, just, you know, would be very hard. Um, and the possessive side, it's, I think that's just the Taurus side of me, you know, we're <laughs> as a sign, we're a little possessive, but you know, when I really do care about someone, I just want them in my life forever. And at the, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm just a big romantic, you know, I'm a big teddy bear and I just love love really at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're not the only person that feels like that. I don't know if you heard um, Chad Onyx when he came on. Um, it, it was a very important for it was very important for him to have a, a monogamous relationship, at least for a, a good while. 
uh, yes. before opening up. So. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. I could not enter a relationship and have it immediately be open. I That would make me uncomfortable. It would make me, you know, worried and insecure, to be honest with you. Um, and I would just, I need to know that the trust and love that we built is solid, you know, and once we got to that point, point if me and my partner decide that oh we're out somewhere and we find a cute guy and that cute guy's attracted to both of us and we're into it you know we bring them home it's a great experience for all we had a great time together as a couple with this third uh, or fourth you know <laughs> but um whatever okay you now, you're, now you're getting me like a little excited over here gabriel how many <laughs> i i like i'm curious have you have a, had a threesome before I've had a threesome. I've actually had a foursome, and that was actually pretty amazing. Not gonna lie. Okay, um, we need I, some details. <laughs> all right. So funny enough, I met the, this couple at the Bullet Bar, and there was this cute redhead, and he was with his partner. I think the partner was, I think, Latino. Anyway, so wait, well, this wasn't me and my partner because no, I went to do it. He's right. You remember this? Yes, yes. We we'd tell the audience what happened in detail. <laughs> But no, no, it was really cool because, um, so I ended up talking to uh, the redhead and then um, his partner ended up talking to this other guy. So we all just actually ended up all going home together. And what ended up happening was, was that me and the redhead ended up fooling around and having fun in the bedroom. Um, his partner ended up fooling around with the other guy in the living room. Then those two came into the bedroom and I was fucking the redhead. Meanwhile, his partner was fucking the guy he brought home. Me and the other guy are kissing as we're fucking the, both guys and stuff. And then um, the, they, the, the partner and the other guy going back into the living room. Meanwhile, me and the redhead are still having sex. And in the morning, like uh, we wake up and then the partner, uh, the partner and the guy he brought home are in this, watching TV during whatever. Me and the redhead are still having sex. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, like, this is cool. I'm having a great time. But is the boyfriend, like, is he upset? Is there an issue? And the redhead said, no, not at all. We've done this before. This is not a problem. So it was just reassuring to know that. But at the same time, it's just like, we just kept going because it was just like, ah. I love that. I think that's kind of like, isn't it kind of hot knowing that you're like kind of getting away with something that's like really taboo like that? Yes, yes. Because it was just kind of my biggest concern, of course, is like, I'm all for the openness. I'm open to entering into whether it's a three-way with a couple or just I have, you know, exclusivity with one of the partners. I just want to be sure that I'm not going to be the cause of drama within that. But if the partners are okay and the boyfriend was totally cool with it, because he walked in a couple times and just said, okay, and then <laughs> walked out. I'm like, is it everything okay? He goes, yeah, it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. So Yeah, it's totally chill. You know, uh, like, I guess it depends on the relationship, right? Like, one of my hottest things is just, like, uh, I, I consider myself to be kind of, like, an exhibitionist. And, like, part of, like, my partner knowing that I'm out there doing stuff, um, and, like, and he knows it, and he's right. okay with it, like, turns me on even more that, like, he's open with that like I don't know how to describe that feeling but like I remember one time I came home actually from a bear night uh, at the bullet and I brought two guys home and one of them was definitely like more my partner's like type of guy so right. I was like oh this will be cool like I'll bring home like a surprise for him and he's like sitting there playing video games and and I'm like, hey, like, look what I, like, who look, I brought. Look, 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 look. 
<laughs> I, I come bearing gifts. And he looks and he's like, nice guys. He's like, uh, I was like, well, we're going to go to the bedroom if you want to join us. And he goes, you guys have fun. I've been trying to beat this game for like two hours and I'm almost done, but like you guys have your fun. So we ended up having like a three sub in our bedroom while he was playing video games. Oh my God. I mean- and that was like so hot to me to like, like have the door open. You can kind of see like, you know, it was just really sexy. You know, and I think that's off all like I, I sorry, I'm stuttering because I'm just like, wow, I think that's really wonderful. Like to have a partner who's like, oh, that's kind of hot. But in the meantime, you guys have fun. I'm just gonna play my game and everything. <laughs> of security that you guys have with each other, you know? And I think it's a wonderful trait to have. I don't know if I can get to that point. Maybe with practice, I suppose, but I do think that that does take, you know, like years or like just to really develop that security, yeah. I, I feel like it would take a while. You know, it, to it took that. us it took us three years of monogamy to to get to any kind of playing separately. Right. Right. So let me ask you this: uh, Is it important for your partner to be kinky, or does that matter to you? Um, I. I would say it's not important for my partner to be kinky per se, but I would, I do, I do want them to have a healthy sex drive because sex is very important to me. I think if someone's really sexual, I think that kind of gives them room to kind of explore the kink side, you know, a bit more as opposed to someone who's just like sex is not that important to them. It's kind of like, well, that's, if you're not that interested in sex, well, okay, but I need a bit more, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself about it. And that's what, and that's one thing I learned in my previous relationships, you know, it's like, where something can be really great emotionally, but sexually, if it's not, then it's like, okay, well, I have one half, but I don't have the other half, right. and I need a hole. Right, exactly. <laughs> No pun intended, but I mean. <laughs> How big of a hole. Give me the hole. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're talking about kinks. I just have to ask you, what are your kinks? What are oh. your fetishes? Oh, let's see. Let's see. I'm just going to, and this is where I normally would be like, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, actually, I love sniffing armpits. I love the scent of a guy. I just love inhaling his essence. Um, I have discovered flogging and everything. I do like to flog guys, I like to do impact play on guys. Um, so, as the top. As the top, yes. Um, what else? Um, I'll eat a good ass as long as. Hey, look, my only th- here's the thing. I, I I like I like everything to be kosher. Um, just make sure you're freshly scrubbed and ready to go because I like a clean meal. You know, <laughs> GMO free. <laughs> I'm just saying gluten free. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What I and uh, things I would like to explore as the top. I would like to explore fisting. I'd like to you know know how to do that properly. Um, as you know. I'm not, a, I'm not, I would like to explore bottoming more, but I would have to have a massive amount of trust with the person, which I really don't. Cause I feel like, you know, my, the experiences I've had bottoming before, like one of my first ones, it was not that great. It was painful. And, and the guy, what, what I really didn't like was the guy that wasn't really aftercare afterwards. He kind of asked me if I was okay, but he didn't really check in with me to make sure, well, you know, he was fucking me. Like, well, here's the thing, and I've said this before in, in past episodes. Uh, so sorry for the redundancy, but just for no, no. like the uh, like the best tops are the people that have bottomed before because yes. they know. And like, I I'm a switch. 
I'll, I'll top a guy, you know, anytime that, you know, if I'm in the mood and I find the right guy and I've had like guys who normally top mm -hmm. and I'm the top suddenly and they're like, yeah, I'll top or I'll bottom for you. And, uh, I won't mention names, but maybe if you're listening, you know who you are. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't bought him in years. And that was great. Like it felt great. And just because like, I know my body and I know like what feels good to me. And I was like right there with him. Like, are you okay? You feeling good? Uh, just checking right. in kind of thing. And it can be done in like a sexy way too. Like you don't have to be like a uh, scale of one to 10. Like how does my dick feel right now? Like, you, you know, right. Exactly. Yeah, I am. Okay. And we get right back to it, you know, and that's right. hot to me. You know, even afterwards where it's just like maybe you're being rough with that person you've had this you know just really intense scene whatever that is the one thing like i said as as rough as i enjoy being with the person and having them be rough with me i also enjoy like the aftercare of taking care of that person and just letting them know like with the rough comes the sweet with right. and, and love and affection and i think that all all of that combined right. together. I mean, you might be calling them a dirty slut and fucking them like they're just a hole. And then afterwards, <laughs> show them that yeah, they're a person here. still. <laughs> a sweet little hole. It's okay. No, but... <laughs> just no. talk to the hole. Okay, I was, was going to say, too, like, uh, the, the other thing that I love doing, and, I, you know, I haven't had a lot of tops that do this to me, but I do it when I'm a top because I love when this happens to me is like when I'm kind of being like, not necessarily like checked in on, but like, like coached a little bit. Like, right. like if I'm like, let's just say like, we're going to get juicy right now. Okay. So like, let's get say I'm like, I'm like half, half dick in and the, the mm -hmm. guy's just kind of like, I could see there's like a threshold approaching there and he's just like, Oh God. And then, then I'm just like, breathe put yeah. like you push out while I push in, take a deep breath. And then he's like, <sighs> like it, then all of a sudden, like you're in like together. I don't know how to explain that, but like, you're like in this kind of like thing together. It's not like, I'm just fucking you. It's just like, no, this is a, an experience. I'm bringing us both in. Yeah. Right bring now. us together. Yeah. As one body and one entity. And that's hot. Have you, okay, let me ask you this. So have you um, done it where you're both breathing each other's air? And stuff like that. You kiss, and then you're like you're kind of sustaining each other. No! With, oh my gosh! Oh God, like that's hot. like then, Batman. Yes, Brandon. Like it's like like that person's like your mask, and you're you're each other's mask. So as he's breathing out, you're taking his air in, and you do you just you have the, you get into this rhythm where you're breathing each other's air and sustaining each other. I've never even mm -hmm. thought of doing that. Oh, bitch! That's hot. That's <laughs> hot. That's hot. Oh my that's god! I need to try that now. What do you call that? I don't even know what you call it because I know it's not really. I mean, I guess it would be kind of an extension of breath play because breath play, I feel like, is more like you're trying to, you know, you're kind of choking the person, you know, and like, right. you know, making them. But, but this is just like, you know, where a kiss becomes your, you know, you're just <sighs> and just going back and forth and stuff. And, and yeah, that's hot. That's right. Wow. <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh, baby, try it. Try it, you know, the next time with your partner or whoever or, you know, partners, it's just, 
it's it's just, and it really connects you in another way too. It really it's, it's well. Here's the thing about like deep stuff like that. Like yeah. is is you really do have to. It does kind of have to happen organically, and maybe the idea is in your head, and you see them the window, and you you take advantage of that window. But yes. like, I have you ever tried something where you're like, oh, I heard this is really hot, and I could just imagine right now my partner and I like fucking, and then all of a sudden I just like pull my head down and try to do that, and him being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You have to probably be sensitive to like where where are we gonna feel this out? <laughs> like, right. It's somehow it's somehow like I don't know. It, it just yeah. It, when you're kissing your partner or whatever, and then you like it, it just take the tongue out of the equation and then just start breathing their air. So as he's breathing in, taking in his air and then. And then he should breathe back in, and then you're just sharing air together. Oh my you god! You know, air share, air <laughs> share, <laughs> yeah, air share, or airplay, airplay. I don't airplay. know. I'm not I like sure. That. I like that. I think airplay is probably patented, but it is. Sorry, Apple. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Right. Just kidding. But air share is great. Yeah, that's we're, we're making this new term today, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Like. The air, air share. share, air share, that's a new kink. Yeah, try it out. Try it out. I love yeah, that already. So, um, you're getting me like all marine with these stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my talent, Brandon. That's my talent. Talking and making you horny. That's what I do. <laughs> so what are you uh, doing to stay hard at home while we're like in this whole COVID-19 situation? How, how to stay hard? Wow. I would just say, you know, um, I've definitely been uh, camping and stuff like that with people like, just video chatting and stuff like that and jerking off with folks. And that's been fun. Um, and even without that, like I will literally take like my bottle of poppers. I have my flashlight. I have my cock ring and I'll go to town on myself. So are you, are you exploring anything like any new things or, or like practicing any new sexual fetishes while you're like, have the time at home? I wish I was. No, most of my most of my time has been occupied by either work and stuff like that. And then I'll I'll do video games and games online with friends. The one thing I am doing is uh, I'm reading this book called Path of the Green Man, and basically it's like the, a gay man's guide to Wicca and the magical life. It's a really wonderful book for someone who's like trying to find their spirituality as a gay man, and you don't even have to be gay to read it. What I like about it is. It's about how Wicca is really just all about getting back to nature. And what I love what he says is like, there's really no doctrine behind it other than, hey, look, do what you want as long as you don't harm anyone else. There is no deity to speak of within it. It's whatever personal deity you align yourself with. And more so a deity is just some, the way to look at a deity is basically, um, whatever you're trying to achieve. So let's say you're trying to achieve success, you would worship Ganesh. If you are looking for uh, inner peace, it might be, um, I forgot what the goddess's name is, but like it's a Buddhist goddess or something. It's really just about trying to empower yourself and trying to meditate and focus on what you want accomplished. And I really like that a lot because I do think um, we do have this, idea of God, especially if you've been raised Christian or Muslim or Jewish, you know, um, and it's- Do you have your vibrator on? 
No, I wish it wasn't. <laughs> no, my phone is not turning me on, ladies and gentlemen, right now. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, guys. Um, but no, honestly, um, I think spirituality is important. The idea that something exists beyond myself is important. I, and I was raised with that belief, you know, I grew up Christian, but then I've kind of shed that for finding my own spirituality. And I think there is something greater out there. What that face is for God, whoever he or she is, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm kind of on my personal quest for that. And so this book is kind of helping me really define that. And especially as a gay man where we, again, in terms of like a religious upbringing, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of shame we're taught. And on the contrary, we are built for pleasure. We are built to enjoy this life and enjoy the, the, enjoy nature and the earthly pleasures that come along with it. And so sex can be a spiritual experience. Absolutely. And I think you, you're kind of touching on sort of what um, Bam Babo was saying last week about how for him, like being sexual is, is more about like the spiritual transfer of energy. You know, uh, you said, you're, you know, you're kind of um, reading this book about Wicca. But when I was in um, high school, early high school, there was like freshman or sophomore um i started doing a little bit of research myself whatever research meant as a high school student <laughs> right. at, the, at the brink of the internet you know yeah. but i remember there was like several people that i would follow on youtube at the time that were you know quote unquote wiccans and um they both talked about like sort of this connection with nature and how everything every element every um like substance that comes from the earth, like comes with an energy. And I remember we had like this, I don't know if you, if you call it like a, like a naturist store or like a, like a witch store kind of, I don't know right. how to describe it. They had like all these herbs and stuff. And I remember buying like this, like this pewter ring necklace that I had on. And like, I was really starting to like explore um, like energy at the time. And um I still remember, I don't know what got into me. I think there was like a video about like being naked in nature gives you like a certain energy and like the rain. And I don't even remember exactly what happened, but I just remember like uh, it was like one or two in the morning and I woke up and I was like so horny and I took off all my clothes and then it started to rain Ooh. and it was like really hard. And I was like, energy comes from the rain. Like now is the time. So I like, I went out in the backyard. <laughs> I hope my parents never listened to this. I went out <laughs> to the backyard. And again, I got like completely naked and just laid on the rocks, like way in the back and just like jerked off in the rain. And I remember feeling like the energy of the rain hitting my skin and like the wetness of the rocks. And it was like all just very sensual and like, I don't know. That's just like my connection with, with Wicca. I didn't get that f far into it, but I just, I just remember like exploring nature more at that time. Definitely. That's a very sexy story, Brandon, honestly, because like, it's like, I just picture you just jerking off, enjoying the ecstasy of yourself as the rain is hitting you. And not only are you wet, but you're wet at the same time, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but that is, that's very sexy. And in the book, there's this very similar story to that where the green man goes in the forest and there's this fire festival and he encounters like pan essentially. And it's just like pan fucks him. And then he, you know, is really getting in touch with the sensual side and pan basically tells him like, this is how you worship me. This is how you honor me. 
by getting in touch with yourself and getting in touch with nature and becoming one with it. And I'm like, I love that idea. I think it's a beautiful way to celebrate spirituality. Giving pleasure to others is the celebration of nature and sex and God and all those things wrapped up into one. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, we are not getting sponsorship from this book. So. <laughs> so. No, we're not. No, but it's a good read if you if you want to take a look at it and just see what it has to say. I think it's a really wonderful read. It is called uh, Path of the Green Man. Path of the Green uh, Man. Yes. And by Michael Thomas Ford. Awesome. So, okay. As a, someone in the community and yeah. especially someone that has a title, uh, what have, what, what's been your platform? Like what, what's been your mission or goal as, as like someone who, who represents the community over the last few years? Um, it's been interesting. Cause I mean, when I first started out, um, I remember, uh, for my title year, the organization that I gave to was called the Lavender Effect. Okay. And they were all about preserving gay history. Um, and their goal was to actually kind of have it like um, what the Museum of Tolerance has and create a, a huge LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus museum, you know, to, you know, honor everyone. And that, I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, so preserving gay history was one thing. But as, as time has evolved and as like I've started to run events, uh, particularly uh, for those of you who may know Green Mirror Entertainment, um, with uh, my friend and business partner, Xavier Espejo, who is Mr. SoCal Leather uh, 2014. Uh, once we decided to team up together and start running kink events, and particularly like Foxhole, that's one of our biggest ones. Um, for for me, and I, I think for him as well, it really has become about giving the giving people the ability to really celebrate who they are and giving them a space where they don't have to feel ashamed and be sexually free and enjoy themselves. And I want future generations and even people who like are my age and older, who let's say they're just coming out or trying to experience gay life and just trying to be who they are. It's just this wonderful thing to watch something that you create be enjoyable to everyone and everyone's having a good time and everyone's, you know, their concentration is not about how they look, how they sound, how they're acting. It's just about them interacting with each other and being able to just enjoy being who they are with other people without fear or judgment. Just be the person that you're meant to be and explore as much as you want or as little as you want. It doesn't even matter. But um, for someone, like I said, for, for the person that I you know, out of the circumstances that I came out of, you know, like I said, having been kicked out by my mom and especially during the first four years of college, because that's when that happened. It was like right after high school, I came out, she couldn't deal with it. And I was just pretty much on my own. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then, you know, feeling all the shame and all the hurt and all the pain and feeling like I had done something wrong. Like I ruined my family by being honest and telling the truth. I should never have said anything. And it, it really wasn't until... Um, I met a security guard named Tammy on campus and she told me she was bisexual and she told me her story and she looked at me and she just said, you know what, Gabriel, God doesn't care that you're gay. God cares that you're a good person. And I see that the people that surround you love you and care about you and just want you to be who you are. So just, just do that. Just be, and that's all that matters. And from that point, that just totally uplifted me, you know, because I do think there's a lot of people who walk around to this day with shame and fear and angst about who they are or what they're into. And so I guess 
you know, to sum it up, my mission is to make sure that those people feel loved and welcomed and feel like they have a place and feel like, you know, you don't have to worry about being who you are at all. Yeah. You're perfect the way you are. So just be. You just gave me chills, like telling me that that that's totally the experience that I think a lot of uh, gay people grow up having and not feeling the acceptance and more importantly, not knowing whether or not they can accept themselves, you yeah. know? And part part of part of uh, you know my goal with this podcast is preserving gay leather history and, and recording it and the direct stories you know straight from the horse's mouth. But also part of preserving gay history is preserving those spaces for the future generations. Like we we've lost in the last ten years so many spa- like gay spaces, even yeah. just not even kink spaces, just like gay spaces in general. Um, but like. That's why I cherish the, the the events that we have at the Bullet and, and Fault Line and uh, Eagle LA because like that's the one place you know those few places that I feel like I can really go there and be myself. Absolutely, and yeah, it's also, it's important to have those spaces to congregate and to know that you know you are not alone. You know, and whatever you're into, or it's just like the fact that you're a kinkster, the fact that you're LGBTQ plus. It doesn't matter. It's just like there, there is space for you, and there are people out there just like you. And you know, it's important for more people to know that um, because I do feel like some people just kind of feel like, well, you know, who can I talk to? Who can I share this with? Who can let me know that I'm okay? You know, and that there's nothing. I'm not abnormal for how I feel or what I think or what I'm into. Um, and it is just wonderful where we can have those meeting spaces and have a whole lot of fun and just really being able to honor each other and love love each other and love on each other you yeah know? and i think that's that's what's really healing about our community is when we're able to do that and and we're able to express without fear or shame or repression then that's when we truly grow and come out and become who we are yeah and you and one of the one of the you mentioned to me you know uh or you mentioned earlier i think you said you know is god is god okay with it i don't know if you said that but yeah yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah it's like where you, i Go ahead. Yeah, is is God okay with it? And one of the things that like put me over the edge was when I came to LA and a whole long story that I can't go into now, but I'm gonna do a little plug here. Uh the church that I go to is is in West Hollywood, um, and it's called Envision Church LA. Um, and that was the first time that I heard someone say, you know, you don't have to choose between God and gay. And right. I was like, chills came over my body. And I was like, I don't have to choose between God and gay. And what that said to me was, you don't have to choose between being who you are and being okay with God. Like right. you can be who you are and you can celebrate that. And that's okay. Like any of you that are listening right now and you know, if you're in that situation, like, no, like, we've gone through that before, you know, and uh, you will find people in the community that will support you and be there for you, even if your current family is not. And that's what I like to call, you know, the community is like, you have your family that you're born with, but then you also have your chosen family. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the chosen family is better than your own, depending on what circumstance you come from. But, you know, going also to what you said, you know, that whole thing of, yeah, because we have been taught, especially if you were raised in a, you know, Judeo-Christian Muslim 
you know, household of, well, so it's like, this is religion. This is what religion says about us. And, you know, either you are faithful, you know, to God and stuff like that, or you're faithful. Oh no, you're faithful to the, you're faithful to the doctrine. Let's be honest. With yeah. really saying you're faithful to God, you're faithful to the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or whatever it is, you know, you're faithful to that and you honor every word it says, or you're a sinner and you're ungodly right. and you're a bad person, you know, and you live your gay life. Either no. you fit into this box of what we call being Christian or or a follower yeah. of God, or you're not and you're an enemy. And it's like that's yeah, just not the way it is. It is not. And and also too, it's just like even for me, you know, on a spiritual level, because I do believe there's something out there. Um, you know, and while I, you know, for myself, I do believe that you can be gay and Christian, but I do think that even Christianity is just a face for God. Yeah. And whatever face works for you in terms of what God looks like for you, great. Um, but for me, it's just like, I just kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm exploring, I can't even talk. I'm exploring other, other religions and looking at that and seeing, you know, what would fit for me. But, you know, even just now, it's kind of like for me, I don't know if this sounds silly, but, you know, even terming God, you know, my own way, like calling God, instead of saying God, like great spirit when I pray, you know, and that makes it a little more universal for me. And, you know, but I still believe that there, for myself, I do believe that there's something out there because I feel like my life is nothing short of miraculous. I'm, I'm just very lucky from, you know, having been kicked out and not sure what was going to happen to me to graduating college and then, you know, moving out to LA and working with homeless youth. And I really did think that, you know, you know, I, here's the other thing. And I would like listeners to take with them, you know, that we as gay people, as LGBTQ plus people, um, we have undergone a lot of suffering and we've had to, you know, a majority of us have had to go through a lot of suffering and endure a lot of trials and tribulations simply for being who we are. Um, but just know that your suffering is not wasted. I feel like, you know, whatever trial and tribulation that any of us have been giving, given, it's for a reason. And so for me, the one big lesson I've learned is you have to find the mission in your suffering. So whatever you've gone through, I believe it's sometimes an opportunity to help someone else down the road, you know, whether it's the same situation or whether it's a similar situation or a similar problem, like you, we've all been kind of given, you know, a burden to bear. And I remember when I came out here, you know, um, and started working with the LGBT, uh, um, LGBT, I can't even say it right. The LGBTQ LA, plus. Yes, the LA LGBTQ Center, which okay. was the LA Gay Lesbian Center at the time, <laughs> and was working with the homeless youth. It was kind of, the, the thing that really dawned on me was like, you know, maybe this is why I went through what I went through. Yes, it was horrible to be kicked out by my mom and disowned and all of that. But here I have this group of kids, you know, who've gone through the exact same thing and are on the street. And the only difference between me and them is that, you know, I did have friends back home to fall back on at least. You know, I could, there's people I could talk to, you know, whereas these kids, they really don't have anybody. So maybe I went through what I went through to help them at this particular time you know, and anyone else who has come out or whatever and experienced that same thing. Um, so in that, you know, and even in the midst of the most painful thing, you know, it hurts to go through. But then again, at the same time, it also kind of gives you a certain strength and a certain armor that you have. And not only that, some knowledge and wisdom that you can pass on to someone else once you get through that. Yeah. So just know that it's just like whatever suffering you've had to endure, yes, it does suck, but you will get through it. 
And then there'll be that that person or people that you come across that are going to be like, hey, I'm going through X, Y, and Z. And you'll be able to sit across from them and say, you know what, baby, it's going to be okay. Here's why. And that's when you tell them your story. Yeah. Um, so that's, 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 that's also very healing as well. So that's really powerful. So if, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how, how could we do that? Um, you can reach out to me through Facebook uh, as Gabriel Green. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram as Instagabe77 because I'm that cool. <laughs> that, okay, I'm, I'm being sad right now. I'm being a dork. Um, and then um, if you wanted to email me, it's Gabriel, V as in Victor, Green at gmail.com. All right. And I'll, I'll make sure to put some of those uh, in the description. Um, do you have any events coming up? Uh, I do have an event coming up, actually. Um, it is going to be Foxhole Digital, which will be premiering on Zoom and Twitch on Saturday, April 18th at 10 p.m. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be our first virtual Foxhole uh, Foxhole is usually held at the Bullet Bar, and that's always a fun, you know, debaucherous good time. But basically, we hearken back to the 70s. You know, we have a bathhouse theme, so people can walk around in a towel, drink a beer, wear their gear, and have a really great time, and just enjoy, you know, just being sexy around each other. Some of my fondest memories. <laughs> uh, yes, we, we aim to please. Both Xavier and I have been doing the Foxhole events for probably about like five years now, six years now, I think. And it's just been a really great time watching everyone have fun, be themselves. There's really no judgment. Everyone, you know, of various body types, shapes and sizes and just backgrounds just comes and has fun. And it's all about being non-judgmental and enjoying each other and enjoying the company that's there. And that's what we really wanted. It's awesome. <laughs> No, one thing I, I, I wanted to say is that, Brandon, you are doing a really wonderful job, you know, with your podcasts. And this is an amazing thing that you're providing to the community. And one thing that I am appreciating, appreciating uh, not only as uh, the producer of Los Angeles Leather Pride, but just as a fellow Leatherman and just as a man is that to see all of you guys really stepping up to the plate in the time of COVID, you know, a lot of us are going through a lot of things uh, because of this, whether that's a job loss or the loss of loved ones or just a variety of things that people are going through. And the fact that you are, you know, really helping out the community. So I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. You are doing an amazing job with your podcasts and giving, you know, the whole world, a whole world of knowledge and something to take their mind off things for a while. So from me personally, I just want to say thank you for having me and interviewing me, but also just providing the service for everyone at this time. Thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. I, I will be updating um, on Facebook and Instagram uh, when the LEL competition is going to happen, the Dark Angels and all the um, virtual and hopefully soon in-person events. Uh, so find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm Brandon Bullet on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Leather Talk, Mr. Bullet and uh, Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet as well. And I think that's it, unless you have anything else to say. No, that's it. Just enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, we will all get through this. We are all in this together. And just don't, never forget, celebrate life. Life is worth living, even in the most harshest of circumstances. We will all get through it and come out in the end better and brighter and stronger than we have before. So that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Gabriel. Thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate it. 
Before we go, I'd like to do a quick shout out to the LA Leather COVID-19 Assist. If you are in the LA area and need assistance, we have members of the community out there right now ready to help. I will put links in the description below. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.